0: Welcome in to episode 2 of J&J Fantasy Talk, I'm Jackson Kane, your host, joining me today via satellite, via jitterbug, actually no, it's <laughs> ju- it's just a regular cell phone, it is Jesse Toops, Toops, how you doing today?
1: I'm doing great, Jackson, how are
0: you? I'm doing awesome, uh, just mo- moved into my new apartment, uh, getting things going here, and uh, last night, Hall of Fame game. So that means regular season's right around the corner. So let's talk a little fantasy football today. And what we're going to go over today um, in our first segment is some busts, guys. We think aren't going to play out, aren't going to pan out this year, especially at their current ADPs. Um, after that, we're going to go over some, some over unders um, on some different, you know, season long props that I came up with, and then. At the end, we're going to go over some offenses we like, um, both both offenses that are highly valued, um, and then we'll go with some under-the-radar offenses that we think might be able to produce some viable fantasy options. So let's start off with some busts. Um, I'm going to start us off here with my pick. This is the one I told you I was a little shaky on, Jess, and that is Mark Ingram of the Baltimore Ravens. What are your oh, th- okay. What are your thoughts there? Uh
1: yeah, uh, they got a they got a little bit of a crowded backfield. You know, Gus Edwards was really good last year. You don't you don't think that they would just stop giving him the ball because it brought Ingram in? I think maybe they might be giving the ball to a few people in the backfield there. So I can understand this pick.
0: Yeah, so um, I did my research for the show um, on this episode about two two or three weeks ago. So the ADPs might be a little off, but When I looked at it, he was going as um, pick 41, uh, which would be early fourth round. Um, Right now, he's ranked as RB22, according to Fantasy Pros. Ravens gave him 15 mil, so I mean, they they invested in him for three years. Um, The thing I'm a little skeptical on is, you know, Lamar Jackson. Um, Lamar Jackson's rushing upside. Last year, he got 38% of the red zone carries. Um, like you mentioned, Gus Edwards was in the picture. He had 16% of the red zone carries. Um, Ingram's kind of stepping into that Alex Collins role. Um, Collins is leaving behind 21% of the red zone carries. So we'll see what happens. Um, obviously Collins, uh, he had seven red zone rushing TDs last year. So that really helps for Ingram's role. But as far as, you know, like you said, it's, it's crowded. Um, having a having a QB that could vulture some goal line TDs is something I'm worried about. Um, Coach Harbaugh already said that um, Lamar Jackson's going to be you know rushing a lot this year, and so it's it's something I'm very skeptical on with Mark Ingram, especially a fourth round pick. Um, most fourth round picks starters are guys that you think are going to really contribute and get the lion's share of the work. I don't know with Mark Ingram. Um, The one thing with him, though, is we've kind of forgotten with Kamara stealing his shine in the receiving game. He's a guy that can catch the ball, and he showed that um, in New Orleans he caught 50, 46, and 58 balls the three years prior to last year. So um, that's something I think that Lamar Jackson's going to be looking at a lot this year is just dumping it down to him. So I think I'd be more inclined – to take him at that ADP in PPR as opposed to standard. But, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, a lot lower on uh, Mark Ingram than the consensus would be. So that's my first pick. Okay, so Calvin Ridley bursted on the scene last year with
1: a 10-touchdown rookie year. He had 92 mm-hmm. targets, 64 receptions, and 821 yards. Now, that sounds fantastic, right? Right. Well, there's a few factors that played into that. One, the defense was banged up, and banged up pretty bad from Week 2 on. Uh, The starting middle linebacker Deion Jones and Keanu Neal's safety were injured Week 2 and did not play the rest of the year, and it just went downhill from there for the Falcons' defense. Matt Ryan had to throw the ball. 75 to 80 more times than he has in the last couple years because also Devontae Freeman was injured Uh, and you don't have a running game and you don't have a good defense you're going to be behind in games you're going to have to throw the ball a lot more so it worked out really well for Calvin Ridley it made Matt Ryan the uh, fantasy quarterback number two on the year last year which was great for players who drafted it or people who drafted him but I just don't see it happening again for Calvin Ridley like that. The, the, the targets are going to be there for Julio Jones. Um, I mean, Calvin Ridley's mm-hmm. going to get work. But 10 touchdowns is a pretty high number. You're, you're banking on 10 touchdowns from where he's going to be drafted at, which uh, right now he's going in the middle of the fourth round as well. Um, I expect Freeman to be healthy next year. Or this year I should say and uh, when he's healthy they're going to run the ball a little bit more and with the defense being healthier they're not going to have to throw in games as much as they did last year which that's why I have Calvin Ridley as somebody who maybe isn't such a bust but is somebody that you're drafting at their ceiling for what they're able to do he's not going to overtake Julio Jones And until he can be the number one, um, he's not going to get as many targets. So I like, uh, here's a few wide receivers I like going after him. Uh, Chris Godwin, Mike Williams, Tyler Boyd, DJ Moore, uh, Dante Pettis, Robbie Anderson. All those players I think you're going to get better production season long, week long than Calvin Ridley. So that's, that's what I have
0: to say about Calvin. Yeah, and I think you you bring up a lot of good points there. And, you know, uh, a lot of casual fantasy players don't really look at, like, you know, the whole season-long outlook as far as, like, how did the defense improve? You know, you brought up those injuries from last year. Um, you know, talking about Freeman uh, taking away some work, just, you know, running the ball more as an offense in general. And then also, um, I was checking out a Fantasy Pros um, podcast the other day, and they were talking about Austin Hooper and how uh, you know Dirt Cutter system he uses um, tight ends a lot more, and I think that he's going to have you know a better year than he's had here recently. So all those things you know put together, that does add up to Calvin Ridley kind of taking a step back as far as touchdowns go. But like you said, I think. You know the yards will still be there. He'll still have plenty of targets, plenty of catches, but I think touchdown regression is definitely something we could see out of Calvin Ridley. Yeah. So, I, I like that pick. Um, I I definitely uh, hadn't really thought about Calvin Ridley as a guy that would take a step back, but I, I do see your points. Okay, moving on to my second bust here. I'm going to go with Daryl Henderson. Okay, so when I say Daryl Henderson, a lot of people are going to be like, well, you know, Todd Gurley's been banged up. We don't know what Todd Gurley's going to be this year. Todd Gurley this, Todd Gurley that. And I, I do see all those valid points. I do see everything that you're saying. But, Jess, please enlighten me and tell me if I'm just a biased Rams fan here, okay? Okay. I need a yes or no to all these questions, all right? Okay. Is Todd Gurley dead? Uh, I think he's still kicking. Does he have a pulse? Yes. Did he have 21 total touchdowns last year? I believe so. Did he have 13 more carries inside the red zone than any other back in football? (laughs) Yes. Was he the third most targeted running back inside the red zone last year?
1: That is also true.
0: Okay. So, my point being, Todd Gurley has said this offseason that he's training just like he has every other offseason and that the knee is not an issue. He's out there. He's playing. That's that's his stance on it, which, as far as I'm concerned, that's the main take – the main opinion we should be factoring in. Obviously, we've heard a lot of things from his trainer, from you know what Coach McVay hasn't said, things like that. But when you factor everything in, I think that Todd Gurley's somewhat healthy right now. He's, he's at training camp. He's making plays at training camp. And I don't know. I think the ADP for Henderson of 80... Last time I checked is pretty high. It's it's more like you know, you said with Ridley, we're drafting for the ceiling instead of what is most likely gonna happen, which is Gurley still gets, you know, sixty percent of the work, sixty-five percent of the work, and that will leave, you know, 40 30, percent. And we don't even know if Daryl Henderson's gonna get all of that with Malcolm Brown still there. Malcolm Brown's a good player. Like When he got in last year, he made plays. So I just think that this whole Daryl Henderson hype is a little too high for my taste. Um, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, Malcolm Brown was actually going to get picked up by another team during the offseason. I think it was the Lions. And the Rams paid for him to stay uh, in Los Angeles. So I definitely see your point with Malcolm Brown there. Uh, when we're looking at where Daryl Henderson's going we're factoring in the idea that Todd Gurley could still end up playing the whole season but people are buying in enough to where they're taking Daryl Henderson not at the end of drafts but towards the middle of drafts because they're hoping that not only is he going to get a little bit of the work throughout the year and possibly be a favorable flex option in certain situations but that maybe he will overtake Todd Gurley with an injury. And I just, even with it being Todd Gurley and, and his situation, I just don't ever think it's smart to factor in injuries into your draft. Injuries are something that are unpredictable. Arthritis, flaring up, is something that's unpredictable. You don't know, if it were to happen to, to Gurley this year, you don't know if it's going to happen week one or if it's going to happen in week 11, week 12. And are you going to have a guy on your bench for 10 weeks? It's It's tough. And that's just really how I feel about it. I I definitely agree with you on Henderson. Um, you can get other players in that in that area that will be serviceable for you for the whole year, and not have to just hope that something goes south for for Todd in order for Daryl to get like the real lion's share of the work.
0: Yeah, and maybe I'm just you know an optimistic Rams fan with Todd Gurley, but. I don't know. I just feel like he's going to be, still be the guy, still be the beast that we all know him to be. Maybe not on as many touches, but like you said, I think that this whole Daryl Henderson hype is a little too high for something we don't know is there. You know what I mean? Like, granted, I will say this, Daryl Henderson, if Todd Gurley was, you know, showing signs of not being who he is, uh, you know, in tr- in training camp right now, Daryl Henderson. If Todd Gurley went down right now, Daryl Henderson would be a first round or a second round pick in fantasy. Oh yeah, I agree. Cause that's just how good that offense is. So, but I think right now it's a lot of speculation as opposed to objective, you know, facts. So,
1: agreed, agreed.
0: All right, go ahead with your second bust, Jess.
1: So my second bust is, it's just a little bit of how I, how I play fantasy football. Uh, this guy, in my opinion, he's one of the top five running backs in the league. He might be the best. He might. Some people might say he's the best running back in the league. I definitely put him there. Uh, he's been great on the field with two different quarterbacks in his career and his, his two-year career that he's had. He runs well. He catches the ball well. He's everything you could ask for in a running back. But he's suspended for eight games. It's Kareem Hunt.
0: Oh, okay. All right, let's hear, let's hear your logic here.
1: When you're suspended for eight games, that's half of your fantasy season, correct? Right, right. Well, he also has a bye week, week seven, which pushes that even farther to week nine will be the very last game he's suspended for, which means he won't be back until week ten. Not only will he not be back till week ten, it's not like they have some mediocre running back or somebody that they don't believe in running the ball until then. They got Nick Chubb in front of them. You know, we—if you draft Kareem Hunt this year, you are hoping that once he gets on the field, that Nick Chubb plays a back role to him, or that Kareem Hunt like gets past him in, in
0: some way, or that they—worst case scenario split the
1: split the timeshare. And you just can't rely on that. And you're taking up a bench spot for your whole entire year, practically, by keeping Kareem Hunt on your bench and waiting for him to come back. I get it. He's he's fantastic I I love Kareem Hunt, the football player. I have since he started and I'm a Chargers fan, so that's a pretty big deal to me. This guy is he's phenomenal. But you don't know that he is going to get, he could, he could just spell carries from Nick Chubb. So I just, I'm just not ideal on drafting him over players that will play longer and help you more. So there's other players that are going after hunt that are going to be there all year. And because he's not going to be playing for pretty much 10 games, I'm just going to give you a list of just players. You can draft that are going to be better for the whole year. that are going to get more points for you for the whole year. Um, If this Melvin Gordon thing doesn't shake out correctly, Austin Eckler could be somebody that you could get that's going after Kareem Hunt. Royce Freeman could be getting half the carries from the Broncos the whole entire year. Uh, Kyler Murray is a guy who started off being undrafted early this offseason when people were mock-drafting. Now he's going in the 8th ninth round. Marvin Jones is a wide receiver that I'm pretty big on that had a down year last year. Um, MVS, Marquez Valdez-Gantling, I think he's going to do good this year. And then you have the uh, unbelievable draft position of Cam Newton right now going in the 10th round that you could get over Kareem Hunt. And I, if you're considering taking Kareem Hunt, I would rather jump the gun and take one of these guys instead. Um, yeah. I mean, nothing, nothing to do with how great Kareem Hunt is. It has everything to do with Nick Chubb being the primary back, and they're not just going to go away from him. And... Kareem Hunt's gonna be on your bench for ten for nine games.
0: Yeah, um what what is Kareem Hunt's ADP? Is he like eighth round right now or?
1: I believe he's going in the late eighth round.
0: Yeah, and you know, he's a guy that I wouldn't be opposed to drafting, but like I would have to it would he would have to drop drastically to like, you know, eleventh, twelfth round for me to even think about it. Because like you said, he's going to be taking up a spot on your bench for the for a majority of the season. You don't know what you're going to get when he does come back. And Nick Chubb is like super talented. Like, I believe he led the league in yards after contact last year for running backs, which shows you just how good he is. And that offense is going to be super good. He's going to get a ton of goal line looks, probably. And... Yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be a weird situation once he does come back because, like you said, he Kareem Hunt, when he is healthy, he's arguably a top five back. So, I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be a weird situation, but I do like that call. All right, moving on to my third bust. This is a guy I have written about um, twice in the last three to four weeks. I've been calling him a bust. Uh, ever since that point, and that would be Trey Burton of the Chicago Bears. So, so, last year, Trey Burton finished as the sixth best tight end in fantasy in standard leagues. Um, Right now, he's ranked as the tight end 12, according to Fantasy Pros, ADP of 133. Um, The reason I'm so down on Trey Burton is because First of all, last year, when you think about it, there were a lot of tight ends that were either hurt for a lot of the season or, in Delaney Walker's case, the whole season. And that kind of boosted, you know, Trey Burton's whole the persona around Trey Burton and his production. So last year, Trey Burton, um, I, I believe he caught six touchdowns. Um, five of them came in the first eight weeks of the season. After that, he was a no-show. He had one TD the last eight weeks. Um, for the whole season, Jess, he only had three games with above 50 yards receiving.
1: Yeah, he was pretty much touchdown dependent for a little while, which was getting him, which was getting fantasy owners through the weeks where they're waiting on him to break out. He get a touchdown and a little bit of yardage.
0: Yeah, and. I think he had one super big blow-up game, and that was against the Patriots. And other than that, he was so touchdown-dependent. And those are guys that, you know, especially like receivers and tight ends, touchdowns are so volatile that you don't know that they're going to be there um, from year to year or week to week, honestly. And I just think that Trey Burton is a guy that's going to take a step back this year, um, not, not because I don't think he's going to be as involved in the Bears' offense per se, but I think it's just going to be that there's going to be better options ahead of him. Um, Austin Hooper I already touched on with Dirk Cutter's offense. Um, I think he's going to be more involved. David Njoku, um, that offense is going to be pretty hard to project who's going to you know be catching touchdowns every week, but I think they're going to be a well-oiled machine. O.J. Howard, um, obviously an expanded role this year. No Deshaun Jackson. Um, Vance McDonald, expanded role. No Le'Veon, no A.B. So he's going to be getting a ton of targets. Evan Ingram, I believe he was injured for four or five games last year. And then I brought up Delaney Walker as well. I just think there's going to be a lot better options that you know are going to get more looks than Trey Burton. Because Trey Burton... He only had 76 targets last year, and I believe he played every game. So that's just, I don't know. Uh, that's scary for me to, if I were to wait on a late tight end, I don't think Trey Burton would be the one for me.
1: Yeah, I was i was on the hype train for uh, Trey Burton last year, definitely. Um,
0: Which worked so, out for the most part, like early, uh, early season, but second half, he was rough.
1: Yeah, it, it wasn't what you thought it was going to be. You uh, thought with him coming into Matt Nagy's offense, you know, we always associate Andy Reid, Matt Nagy together. So we're like, could he be the next Travis Kelsey? You know, could he could he start that direction? And he's an athletic dude, and we saw what he could do for the Eagles. But he just, uh, you just don't see it coming yet. And until we get more, I'm not drafting Trey Burton either. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's, uh, he's a guy I'm definitely shying away from this year. All right, go ahead with your third one.
1: So my third pick is no knock on the player's ability, but once again, just the draft price and how you're pretty much going for the ceiling again. And uh, that's Patrick Mahomes.
0: Ooh, so okay. Patrick
1: so Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, in 10-man half point, he's going... Uh, he's going at the top of the third round and could slip to the or not slip but he could actually be drafted in the end of the second round he had 5,000 yards last year 50 touchdowns, 12 interceptions he had an 8.6% touchdown rate that's a touchdown every 11 and a half throws pretty much
0: wow that is insane
1: Yes, he's unreal he's most likely going to end up a top 3 quarterback this year He's got Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, the whatever is left of Sammy Watkins, Nicole Hardman, and he's got a competent running back and Damian Williams that can catch the ball. So why not draft him? Well, it's ADP, of course. Um, That's the only reason. Um, I'm not drafting a QB that early, unless I thought he was going to repeat 50 touchdowns and 5,000 yards being drafted. And he's at a ceiling, pretty much. I, I mean, Jackson, do you think that Patrick Mahomes
0: is gonna throw over fifty touchdowns next year or this year, and over five thousand yards. I wouldn't say that I would expect him to do that again, but i I will say that I could foresee him doing that again in the future at some point. Just not maybe this year. Yes, because he's but, just he's just that good. But like like you definitely. said, it's it's tough to draft a QB in the third round. That's just recipe for disaster, honestly.
1: Yeah, Uh, everybody has their own strategy of playing. Everybody has their own strategy of drafting. I've just, for example, last year in one of my leagues, I drafted Cam Newton probably a round or two earlier than I wanted to originally because I really wanted Cam Newton. And I probably drafted
0: him at a ceiling, and he played fantastic last year until he got injured. And
1: then when he was injured, it hurt my team. So when you have a QB that you're drafting early, that's one position. You have multiple running back positions, you have multiple wide receiver positions. You could throw a running back or a wide receiver into flex. You're never going to be wasting a pick and you're never going to really you're never going to be upset with this here's some of these guys right here. Aaron Jones, Keenan Allen, TY Hilton, Leonard Fournette, Marlon Mack, Adam Thielen, On Johnson. Those are players that are going after Patrick Mahomes. After Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> so, these are players that could end up being your running back 1, your wide receiver 1, and you're spending your you're spending a third round pick on a quarterback instead, and it just doesn't bode well with me. So, like I said, if Patrick Mahomes throws 50 touchdowns and 5000 yards this year, you guys can tell me how wrong I am. I'm okay with being wrong about it because I I just don't see it happening again this year. I think there's regression coming. Eight point six percent touchdown rate. That's that's pretty high.
0: Yeah, and you know you bring up a lot of good points, and you know the the casual fantasy football player, you know, doesn't like you said at the top of that um, take. You said I'm not saying he's a bad football player. It's just the price. That you're paying in a fantasy draft to take him that early just isn't worth it. You know what I mean? It's not worth the return that no. you could get elsewhere, because you know quarterback scoring is something that's not as um, spread out as maybe the top running back compared to a middle tier running back. You're getting a lot that's, more value. Yes. So yes, that's the perfect way to explain it. You know the the drop off between.
1: Patrick even the drop off between Patrick Mahomes and Andrew Luck last year was not incredible. It wasn't something that was just out of this world. But Patrick Mahomes was out of this world last year and that is why people are so high on him and I won't be getting any Patrick Mahomes stock this year. There's no there's no league that I will be drafting Patrick Mahomes in. It just they're just getting those running backs and wide receivers in the 3rd round are just that valuable. And if even Even spending it on a tight end like Travis Kelsey or Zach Ertz, it still doesn't feel great when you do it because you know the running back and wide receiver position is so so deep in your league. that, Or not deep, but you're going to have to play so many of them that you're going to want the best that you can possibly get.
0: Yeah, definitely. I like that call. All right, let's move on to our second segment here. We're going to do some over-unders on some season-long Um, Player props We're going to start with Christian McCaffrey Over or under 105 catches So he had 80 catches His rookie year 107 last year And the number we're going with Is 105 Um, I know The the Panthers have talked about um, Making him play Less snaps but keeping him At the same number of touches For whatever that's worth um, obviously, no Devin Funches, He's gone, but there's a lot of hype around DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. They also added uh, Chris Hogan, but he's obviously a shell of his former self. So I personally am going to say over. What are your thoughts?
1: Um, I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go under.
0: Okay. Um, pretty much just off of
1: last year, DJ Moore's his rookie year. He didn't. He didn't even have. Uh, he didn't even have as much playing time as you thought he'd have. He he saw. He saw a very small amount of snaps for the first half of the year, and then he really came into form the second half of the year. Um, also, it's another year for Curtis Samuel. He's uh, all reports are that he's a fantastic route runner, and people are raving about it. I think that you know, second year DJ
0: Moore and another year in the system with Curtis Samuel is more targets that Cam Newton can
1: trust besides just going to a safety valve whenever things are looking murky. Uh, Also, Greg Olson was injured for a few games last year. I think he was injured for like six or seven games last year. And even though he's also old and probably not the uh, most reliable player nowadays, he's still Greg Olson. He's still got hands. And uh, Ian Thomas is in the mix as well. He's their number two tight end. So, uh, I mean, I don't see it's out of the realm of possibilities for McCaffrey to get 105 catches, but I, I see it coming down a little bit. Um.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. Um. I think it's safe to say he'll end up with between, you know, ninety and one ten somewhere in there. But
1: yeah, I I'd, I'd see the minimum as ninety for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and plus you know Cam's shoulder is by all accounts healed up, so he he could be slinging it all over the place. So I I might be looking at Cam as far as quarterback goes.
1: Oh. I
0: love it. So don't be stealing him from me, Jess. Uh,
1: Tenth-round value, you might uh, might get Cam stolen from you.
0: (laughs) All right, next one here. We're going to go with Alvin Kamara, over or under 2,000 scrimmage yards. Now, I know that is very um, optimistic, if you will, but um, he had 1,554 scrimmage yards on 201 touches his rookie year. 1,592 on 275 last year. Um, Zeke and Saquon each had over 350 last year, the only two backs to reach 2,000 scrimmage yards. Um, Yeah, I think I, I made this prop a little overly optimistic because I love Alvin Kamara so much. But with Latavius in there, how many touches do you think Kamara is going to get overall? I I see somewhere between you know three ten or three twenty, maybe maybe three hundred. What are your thoughts?
1: Uh, I have actually I, I wrote down a little bit because there's so many numbers that I wrote down for Alvin Kamara, so I, I wanted to do the math and see what it looked like stat wise based off of last year and even inflating a little bit of uh, a little bit of the stats just to see what would happen. And I wrote down for my marker was over 320 touches is what I went off of. And, and that's, that was being generous. Uh, pretty much how I went with this is I took the 194 carries for hundred or for 883 yards he had last year. Um, and then I also took the 81 receptions for 709 yards. I added them together and I realized that was pretty, pretty well off. It was, it was around 1500. Uh, it was, it was almost 1600 yards. And then I added how many more carries I thought he was going to get. You know, Latavius Murray—he's going to a role there. People believe just because Mark Ingram was there that that was the reason why Alvin Kamara is not a three-down back. Ezekiel Elliott, three hundred and fifty carry or three hundred and fifty touch person. I just don't believe that they're going to they're going to use him that way. Uh, the Saints with Sean Payton have never used a running back that way since he's been there. It's always been a timeshare, and I think they know what they have in Alvin Kamara. I think they like what they have in him, and they don't want to they don't want to run him down. Um, so for the for the sake of projections, even though I don't think he's going
0: to get this many touches, I put 230 yards, and
1: I uh, added on so I, I or 230 carries. I added on 36 more carries to his season total from last year at five yards per carry, which gave him 1,063 yards and then I gave him 15 more receptions at 10 yards per reception, which is pretty generous, uh, and that gave him 859 yards, which was still lower than 2,000 yards. Uh, even, so even if he goes over 320 touches, uh, I don't have him at 2,000 yards. So I would have to say that's a firm under for me. Um, but we, we don't know how much more work Alvin Kamara is going to get. I'm assuming he's going to get more passing work for sure. Uh, Mark Ingram, like you said earlier Is a good pass catcher Latavius Murray can catch the ball as well But he's not what I would say Anything great of a running back He's he's comparable, he he can get the job done We saw him do it with the Raiders And for a little bit with the Vikings
0: But uh, yeah, even with the inflated touches I just don't see him getting 2,000 Okay, fair enough Yeah, like I said, it, it was a very optimistic Projection Just because I love him so much Um but I actually was, I've been listening to a bunch of podcasts lately, and I i was listening to one, and Evan Silva, who's a big fantasy guy, was talking about how he was at the Combine um, in Indianapolis, and he sat down at a bar right next to Sean Payton. And he was, he was talking, yeah, he was talking to Sean Payton, and he was like, hey man, like, I'm just curious, like, why why don't you just, like, give Camara the ball, like, all the time, and Sean Payton looked at him, and he said he had had a few drinks, and he says, um, because Alvin's soft, <laughs> I thought that was hilarious, I thought that was, I thought that was pretty funny, because I, Kamara has shown all of us that he's pretty much a beast, but, yeah, that's what he said, so, I thought that was interesting, but, yeah, I mean, like you said, you did the math, added, you know, those extra touches. It would be very, very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for?
1: Optimistic.
0: Optimistic if you added, you projected him for 320 to get to 2,000. Um, but I think that, I personally think if he got 320, he could get there just because of how explosive he is, how he the can end. break off long plays like he does. But I think i've I've been hearing a lot of Latavius Murray love from you know various experts out there. And I'm starting to kind of believe a little bit more in him as well. Um, so we'll see. i th- I think that I'll go with the under for now, but if he gets to three twenty, I think it's definitely doable. but i f- I feel like he'll end up closer to three hundred or two ninety.
1: Yes, me too. I don't think he's gonna get over. I don't think he'll he'll get over 230 carries, and that's really where it comes down to because the passing works all about catching the ball, and he's been pretty consistent in that. But the carries—that's that's what you get out of Zeke. That's that's what that's what makes you know that you know he's gonna he's gonna bump the stat line up.
0: Yep, yep. All right, let's move on to our next one here. Adam Thielen, over or under eight receiving TDs? What are your thoughts? Um,
1: I have him at or under eight because I couldn't
0: decide. Okay. I, could definitely see, I could definitely see eight because he, well, he did nine last year, right? Yep, he had nine.
1: So I could see him getting eight since he's already had eight. Um, the only thing that worries me about it is that he had four touchdowns a year before last year. So we saw a huge bump up in touchdowns, and he played 16 games both years. So I mean, obviously we had the breakout from him uh, in 2017, and then last year he really showed up, showed us what he could do, especially for the first half of the year. Um, but really, what worries me is Adam Thielen is a PPR guy. Uh, if if you watch the uh, NFL 100 countdown when when they're talking about Adam Thielen, there are players that were talking about how he's one of those wide receivers. That you think you're stopping him, and then all of a sudden he's got 70 yards on you, and it's just because he racks up those catches in between the 20s, and uh, so he's still he's a good he's a good red zone threat, but his his main thing is is racking up yardage, and yeah. he's really good at it. So I don't I don't bank on him getting eight by any means. Uh, also, they fired Filippo last year who liked to throw the ball. And uh, they brought in another guy who likes to run the ball. So, yep. um, I mean they they have two great wide receivers. They're still going to throw the ball. I'm just I just don't know if it's going to be all there in the red zone uh, like it was last year.
0: Yeah, and you brought up you know Kevin Stefanski is their new OC. Yeah. Um, you know down the stretch last year he showed that he wants to run the ball. The Vikings ran the ball 83 times in their last uh, three games including 40 times against the Dolphins. So he's a guy that sh- has shown that he wants to get Dalvin Cook the ball. So I think the uh, the under is my pick for this one, um, just because, you know, obviously the new OC, uh, Gary Kubiak is now an offensive advisor for the Vikings, and he's known for producing 1,000-yard rushers. So I think that Dalvin Cook is the guy that you need to be buying as far as this um, fantasy offense goes, but like you said, I mean, you can't go wrong with Diggs or Thielen in, in your draft if they do drop a little lower than what their ADPs are right now, so I'm going to go with the under as well.
1: I think that we've went three straight unders, both of us.
0: Uh, I actually, oh, no, went, I said over, over on uh, McCaffrey.
1: Okay, never mind.
0: Yeah, so... All right, next one here. Marlon Mack, over or under 10 total TDs. I'll start us off. I think, well, last year he had 10 exactly. Um, He only saw 212 touches. And, you know, beginning of the year, the Colts were mixing in a lot of Naheem Hines, you know, um, some Jordan Wilkins, even though I think he, personally, I think he sucks. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Marlon Mack, his receiving prowess, you know, isn't great. But I feel like, I believe he was actually a pretty good receiver in college. So, I feel like they might throw to him more this year. Um, obviously, they added Funchess. They're getting Jack Doyle back. Ebron showed he could be a threat last year, a big-time threat. And they've still got TY. So,
1: And they got Paris Campbell now.
0: And Paris Campbell, who's been getting some hype as well. But I feel like Marlon Mack will be closer to, like, let's say... How many carries do you think Marlon Mack's going to get? I'd say, what, two... I'd say 200 is within the realm.
1: I I don't know. I'm a little higher on Marlon Mack when it comes to him carrying the ball.
0: Yeah, Uh, I mean, when he did get the ball a lot last year, he balled out. Like, especially when they're winning games. Like, he got so many, like, salt away the game carries, like, breakaways... Like he's good. Like I think Marlon Mack is super good. So I would say I would personally say over. Yeah, I'm
1: saying over as well. Uh, Last year he had 195 attempts, 908 yards, nine touchdowns on the ground. He had 17 receptions for 103 yards and a touchdown. Uh, The big thing for me, the big takeaway from Marlon Mack is that he only started 10 games last year. Um, He was he was banged up, and we saw how bad the Colts running was bad or was with him not on the field. Uh, their team, they they were losing without him. And then when they got him, things started turning around. Uh, he had 10 starts in 12 years, or 12 games last year, sorry, my bad. So he missed a total of four games completely. So, I mean, with 195 attempts without four games, I'd put him at 225, like, around that area.
0: Okay, yeah, I definitely undershot the 200. So, yeah, 225. Maybe even like 230, 240. I mean, yeah, and-
1: it's definitely, definitely in the realm possibilities. Because when they get down to the goal line, like we saw, Marlon Mack get some, get some goal line carries for the touchdowns. And I think that's that's where people can bank on this year. Is the Colts' offense is is going to be good, barring injury from Andrew Luck. Uh, their their offensive line got better last year, uh, a lot better last year, and they have a lot of different options. But once they get down to the goal line, they can just pound the ball in the end zone with Marlon Mack, and it's easy six points for your uh, 50-football team.
0: Yeah, explosive offense. Their defense is one of the more um, underrated ones. So I feel like this team's going to be winning a lot of games, and I think Marlon Mack is definitely going to be involved in that equation. All right. Over for me, too. All right, perfect. Moving on. Amari Cooper, your boy. Oh, my God. Amari Cooper. We're, we're uh, trying to project his number of catches. Over or under 85 catches, Jess. What are your thoughts? Um,
1: I am a victim of Amari Cooper's past in fantasy football on the Raiders. I've drafted him. Um, he didn't do so well there. He, quite the disappearing act he, uh, he has. But I think being on Dallas is going to is going to fix that a little bit at least. I mean, we saw in a small sample size we saw him disappear uh, in a couple games when he was on the Cowboys. But last year he had 26 or 76 targets, 58 receptions and nine games for Dallas. The 16-game pace for that would be 134 targets and 102 receptions. Um, that's with Zeke. Um, Zeke's holding out right now or in the process of somewhat of a holdout. Uh, I think he'll be there, which looks good for Amari Cooper. Um, I think that he'll go over 85 catches. I don't know where he'll be in between that last season long projection and 85 catches, but they're getting a new offensive coordinator Uh Kellen Moore, QB, I think he's going to want to throw the ball more. And Amari Cooper is their best receiving option. Um, I just think they got all the recipe for Amari Cooper to have. He, he can have a over 100 catch here.
0: Yeah, and I think that, that wouldn't surprise me if he did get over 100. Um, his his highest total ever was in 2016. He caught 83 um Cowboys new OC Kellen Moore who's a former quarterback so that tells me they might you know be more pass heavy than they have been in the past um obviously they added Randall Cobb and Jason Witten back to the fold but I'm not sure how how efficient they will be in their roles um they're getting Travis Frederick back their center so that should help a ton in both the running and the passing game so I think say I can safely say I think he's going to go over 85 catches on the year. Yeah. So um, our last one here, we'll try and keep this one short and sweet. Carry on, Johnson. Over or under 1,100 rushing yards. What are your thoughts? Over. Over. And over. Any any explanation? Um,
1: they fired Jim Bob Cooter last year, which is the best name ever to say. <laughs> uh, and they brought in Daryl Bevel, loves to run the ball. Um this is their backfield. CJ Anderson, Zach Center, Carryon Johnson. We saw CJ do good for the Rams, but I kind of feel like the Rams the Rams are good and that's why CJ was as good as he was. Uh we'll see this year for sure. But uh 118 mm-hmm. rushes, 641 yards in 10 games. Um uh, I just I'm I'm pretty sure if if you add six games through that at that pace, he's gonna go over a thousand yards. And uh I, I think Carrion Johnson's a good running back. I watched him watched him play last year and I was impressed and I'm excited to see what happens this year, but definitely over eleven hundred, I believe.
0: Yeah, I, I tend to lean that way as well. Um if you average that out over sixteen games, he would need to rush for about 68 yards a game which is definitely doable. And I yeah, I lean towards the over. So we really just agreed on 5 out of 6 of those, Jess. Yeah, and I mean, don't get me wrong. I definitely see McCaffrey getting 105. I just I think they're going to involve more pieces this year. Yeah, which um, which that's a good argument, too. I mean, Curtis Samuel, I saw a video on Twitter the other day of him running a slant. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, boy, that that's, that's a fantasy football owner's dream right there. Yeah, Matt Harmon, who uh, does reception perception,
1: he stats out and grades all the uh, wide receivers route running and their success rates and how often they run routes. Um, when they're talking about Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore, He has He has uh, Compared Curtis Samuel To Stephon Diggs And how good the route running is And also compared to DJ Moore To Adam Thielen With how their route running is So um, Curtis Samuel He's Apparently he's got it
0: Yeah And you know I I think Carolina's offense Is one of those offenses You're going to want some stock in this year For sure I hope so All right, we're going to move on to our last segment here, offenses we are excited about. We've got, I told Jess to pick one that is like on the radar that a lot of people like or there's getting some buzz and then one that is under the radar. So I'll start us off um, for the on the radar teams. I picked two actually, which I'm sure Jess can guess which ones they are. Tampa Bay and Arizona, those are my two that I am just, like, super excited about. Obviously, Cliff Kingsbury in Arizona, Bruce Arians in Tampa Bay. Um, I'm, I'm excited, man. I, I think Jameis is going to have a career year. Um, I, I'm super excited, and I think that um, Mike Evans and Godwin are just going to be unreal. They're going to be throwing the ball a ton. And then also, my boy, I've been hyping up all preseason, Ronald Jones. Hey, the stars are aligning. He's getting a lot of love on Twitter. A lot of things are going right. Bruce Arians has been talking him up. O.J. Howard, I I just love that offense heading in. So that's my pick.
1: Yeah, I like it. Uh, Tampa Bay is going to be fun to watch this year. And I hope for Jameis Winston's sake that he does have a career year because I mean, he it's been up and down, uh, and I think he could be a good quarterback if he puts those uh, those interceptions down a little bit.
0: Yeah, he, he's definitely at the end of his leash for sure. He's one of those guys I feel like him and Marcus Mariota are two guys that are. this might be their last chance to prove it.
1: Who, who would you rather take in fantasy football this year, Jameis Winston or Marcus Mariota?
0: Oh, come on. <laughs> Stop it.
1: Okay. Uh, My team that is getting love, they've always had love, and they've always had a little bit of hate from the people who don't like the team, is the Green Bay Packers. Okay. Um, I picked the Packers because the pedigree of having Aaron Rodgers there, having a good passing offense. Uh, Also, they have a new head coach, Matt LaFleur. They also have a new offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett. Um, LaFleur did not in my opinion, do a very good job with the Titans because um, how many Titans players did you have on your fantasy team last year, Jackson?
0: Um, I believe I had some Deion Lewis. That was about it.
1: Yeah. Uh, Titans offense wasn't that great for fantasy last year, and it was because it wasn't that great in the NFL as well. Uh, I will give him a little bit of a pass, though, because
0: Mariota seems like he's constantly hurt the last couple of years. So, Yeah, even if and... Not, even if he,
1: yeah, even if he's not missing a game, he's banged up. Yeah, So that's going to affect your play.
0: And so, Delaney Walker went down week one, which that just hurt everybody. So, Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about the Packers. You know, Aaron Rodgers, he's Aaron Rodgers. Some
1: people want to say he's the best quarterback to ever play the game. I think that he's definitely one of the most talented quarterbacks to ever play the game. And we've seen his numbers. We've seen what he can do. Uh, he's just been beat up the last two years. He got that injury back in 2017 that set him out for a while. Uh, and then last year, very first game against the Bears, uh, we saw the interview after the uh, the game. He heard his name, and he was playing it out uh, through the rest of the year. Um, I'm just wondering if he can play a healthy 16 without getting banged up. We know Devontae Adams is a beast.
0: He just keeps he gets better every single year. Yeah, he does. He does. Uh
1: Marquez Valdez-Scantling has been reportedly moved to the outside. Geronimo Allison has been moved to the slot. i ready to see what MVS can do, ready to see what Geronimo can do. I don't really care about Jimmy Graham.
0: Uh, <laughs> Jimmy Graham truthers out there. Good for you. Um, he's going to have a couple good games this year where you can laugh at everybody else's faces, but the other 14 games probably aren't going to be that great. Um, Aaron Jones, are they going to unleash him? I so hope we- so.
1: We've seen what he can do, and Jamal Williams still—he's a serviceable, run, a serviceable running back. But I mean, unleash Aaron Jones, please. So that's that's—I'm just—I just, just want to see all that stuff. That's what I want to see. I want to see—I want to see, see MVS turn into the Devonte Adams role when Jordy was killing it. That's what I want to see. I want—I want to see the Packers go back to that high flying offense where you're just—you love watching them play every week.
0: Yeah, I'm, yeah, I am Yeah, do like that call. I, I personally am a lot higher on the Packers as a real-life football team than a lot of people are. They are actually my Super Bowl winner pick this year, Jess. Oh, wow. Can That's you believe great. that? That's a take. That's a hot take. That is a hot take. And, uh, yeah, they're my pick. I just think better defense, uh, new head coach that Aaron Rodgers actually likes. Yeah. Um, Aaron Jones unleashed. I'm crossing my fingers. And I'm, I'm picking the pack to win it all this year. So you heard it here first on J&J Fantasy Talk. All right, so let's move on. Uh, let's make this one short and sweet. Under the radar offense, um, I would go with San Fran, but you already know I love San Fran. So I'm going to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jess, tell me if I am completely stupid or not. Um, I, I wouldn't call you stupid Jackson.
1: That's not nice. Um, Jacksonville, they definitely would not be a pick of mine. So that would qualify them as under the radar, correct?
0: Yes, that would. Yes. So I just think, you know, Nick Foles in there brings a whole different, different type of vibe as opposed to Blake Bortles.
1: Yes, I can see that,
0: definitely um, I think he's going to really revive their passing attack Which has been terrible these last few years um, Leonard Fournette, that's a guy One of your boys, which you got about two dozen boys But <laughs> Leonard Fournette I, I'm expecting good things out of Leonard Fournette this year Tell me if I'm wrong or crazy But I, I think he's he's due for a good season DD Westbrook, I think, is one of the more underrated receivers in football, and especially fantasy football. Um, Last year, he had 66 catches, 717 yards, and five TDs with Bortles throwing him the rock. So, I think DD Westbrook's a guy I'm going to be trying to get later in drafts. Um, He's a guy that you can plug in, maybe wide receiver three or a flex, and be happy, you know, with his 10 to 12 points he puts up every week. So,. I don't know. I think Jacksonville's offense is going to surprise some people. Yeah, I I read some uh, reports lately that Leonard Fournette is
1: going to be getting the ball in the backfield more than he did last year. And uh, don't get me wrong, I, I think the Jaguars could have a serviceable offense, and they're going to have fantasy pieces. Um, it's just whether you can identify them early. And uh, I think yeah, if if Nick Foles can get it going with D. D. Westbrook, that'd be that'd be really cool to see. Um, And if Leonard Fournette can stay off the injury report, that would be also very very good to see. Um, Your boy!
0: Yeah, and
1: he burnt me bad last year, but still got the title, so that was good.
0: Oh, rub it in, rub it in, huh? (laughs) uh,
1: My pick for under-the-radar offense, um, uh, I don't really know how under-the-radar they are. I'm going to test the waters here. Oakland Raiders.
0: I, w- I would consider that under the radar. I mean, I know they got A, B, but yeah, I'd say they're under the radar for sure.
1: So where I was going at with this is uh, we got we got Gruden, we got Greg Olson, same coaches last year. They're amazing, right? We got Derek Carr, and it's a lot of question marks to me with, with Oakland. That, that's really what it comes down to, and that's why I'm excited to see them play this year um Derek Carr can him and AB connect you know can he get back to MVP form that he had back in what 2016 uh you know he was looking really good without the broken leg had did something happen after that we don't know um is AB still going to be the best wide receiver in the league I mean that's what I think You you still think he's the best wide receiver in the league
0: I think talent wise he definitely is but I'm not sure if the numbers will align with that this year just because yeah. it's a new offense and whatnot. But I wouldn't be surprised if A.B. went out and you know, put up 1,500 yards, 12 TDs. I would not be surprised.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering if he can keep his numbers up with Derek Carr throwing the ball. Also, Tyrell Williams, he was a charger. Now he's a Raider. Uh, he stepped in when Keenan Allen had a season-ending injury a couple of years back. And played a pretty good role on the team. Can he be a true number two? Is he just a, is he just a one trick pony with the deep ball? We don't know. Um, there's so many wide receivers there. There's just they got JJ Nelson, they got Marcel Aitman. Um, they've they've picked up a few other people as well. That uh, I mean, right now they're not worth anything for fantasy. Nobody's drafting those guys. But if this offense takes off, Derek Carr could be his quarterback that you could start every week. Antonio Brown might go back to that first round draft pick that uh, people were were safe with every year right uh, Josh Jacobs rookie running back first running back taken off the board uh, good pass catcher good good running back it's I'm excited to see how this works out you know the John Gruden project is something that last year I thought would take a little bit longer than a year to get to where it is right now. And at least on paper it looks like yeah, I don't I'm not expecting them to be a great football team by any means, but I could see their offense doing doing pretty well against, you know, other teams that have bad defenses. I, I can could see them taking a step this year with what they picked up.
0: Yeah, I I can definitely see that. And I think I think Josh Jacobs is really that X X factor As far as how good is he going to be, like nobody really knows for sure, but I think he'll be pretty decent. And I think that Carr and AB have already you know, expressed how much they love each other. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. I I do like that call, though. All right, Jess. So I told our listeners that we were going to shorten it up a little bit. Right now we're on pace for about... Six or seven minutes shorter than we went last time, so we're making progress.
1: Hey, progress is all that we can uh, ask for, right?
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, uh, we're gonna wrap it up. Um, thank you guys for listening. Um, Jess, thanks for joining us via satellite, via jitterbug, via cell phone. (laughs) I know, I know this might not sound the greatest. Um, with jess calling in on the cell phone but we appreciate his time and i hope we were able to give you guys some insightful information and we appreciate you guys listening and we're looking forward to episode three already so for jess toops for myself jackson kane thanks for checking in to j and j fantasy talk